Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, Episode 63, Dance with Addiction, Part 2. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. This is Dr. Donna Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. So I'm glad you're all back. And last week, uh, you heard from my friend Jen, who shared openly and honestly about her experience. And I hope that those of you who are listening to this that might have an addiction problem, that you will, you know, I hope that you heard that there is treatment for you. There's hope for you. Don't give it up. Don't give, well, you can give up your addiction, but don't give up your life for this addiction. It's not worth it. Uh, so today, um, Jen is back with us and she has agreed to talk about what it was that she discovered had fueled her addiction. You remember last week she talked about feeling this despair and this feeling that something was really wrong with her. And you know, deep down inside that she didn't know what it was. Uh, she didn't know how to look at it. She didn't know anything about it. It's just that something bad was in there. So today, welcome back, Jen. I'm glad that you are here with us. And I would like for you to tell us when you discovered what it was that was bad about you and how that started to, uh, come to the surface, how you uh, dealt with it, you know, when you realized that there was hope out of it, if you wouldn't mind, I'd appreciate that. I'd be happy to. Thank you, Donna. Thank you for having me back for a second episode and for starting with that message of uh, not not giving your life over to that addiction, that there's, there's hope and healing, that it's possible. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm certainly grateful for that and for all of the help that I've had over these years. Uh, I think when I was able to kind of trace these addictions back to my childhood trauma probably happened around uh, the 
first failure of a major relationship. So I, I spent the last episode talking about uh, all of that uh, drama, destruction, chaos leading up to my sobriety and, and going to treatment and, and then starting to get the help that I needed through treatment and beyond into 12-step work. In uh, at around that same time, I uh, got into a relationship that went well for many years, at least according to my perspective of it. And then ultimately it failed at about the 11 or 12 year mark. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why at the time, uh, because I felt like, you know, I, I'd been sober. I worked the program. I really tended to myself emotionally and physically and financially. Uh, and, uh, was really uh, devastated by by that loss of the relationship, and so I ended up. What I ended up doing is finding sort of another addiction that was helpful to me, which was meditation. Uh, and I ended up going on a retreat uh, as that relationship was coming to a close. And it while well, on that meditation retreat, I uh, just found myself in this emotion, emotional the entire time. I was experiencing feelings, all the feelings you referenced in the last episode uh, just hit this. It was this tidal wave of feelings that I hadn't experienced. Like shame and, uh, and shame and pain and guilt and sadness and all of those feelings you were trying to uh, medicate with alcohol and drugs. Okay. Yeah. Not only alcohol and drugs, but into my sobriety, it was with work, uh, my relationship, um, and physical exercise. Mm-hmm. Like I would spend days exercising to the point of exhaustion and then overeating. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I didn't recognize this, uh, really that I was, that it was a way of, um, of <clears throat> clashing emotions or feelings because I was afraid mm-hmm. of them. I didn't, I didn't really know how to, how to feel. And so there was something I couldn't, you know, I was perplexed by this. I didn't know what, why I was so numb or what had caused that. And so I was curious. I I had certainly known that, uh, that I had, there was this event that I experienced sexual abuse in my, my childhood, but thought that that was resolved. It was addressed. I knew about it. Um, you know, I'd done my work in the program, uh, but I still had, and I talked with, to therapist about it. So I, I really felt like I understood it. It was resolved. Um, but, but I, uh, it took a little longer than, than that, uh, to really, to get a grasp on how that affected me. Um, you know, it took me getting into yet another relationship, not long after my long-term relationship ended, I, uh, found myself, not found myself. I, I, I was uh, soon after in another relationship because here yet again, I was alone for just a short amount of time. And I didn't, I couldn't manage that well. Uh, I could manage it for periods of time, but you know, I um, wanted to be in a relationship. That was my, I, I needed that diversion. I needed that safety. Um, <laughs> safety and security of a relationship. So uh, once I got into the, this next relationship, which ended up being a 10 year relationship, there, some, some issues started to surface there too. And I was, and I couldn't, again, I was perplexed, um, you know, and, and what, I, what I was experiencing in that relationship, although it was different than that other, that first long-term relationship, um, 
there, there was that a common theme. What I've come to understand is codependence. Uh, you know that I in uh, uh, in boundary failure in those in in particularly in that second relationship and just not tending to myself. But I, I was starting to recognize that there was something going on. And I remember being in a therapist's office and saying, I have this fatal flaw. I just don't think it's ever going to be resolved. I have a fatal flaw, which was hard to say, um, and hard to live with, that I knew that it would crop up, you know, if I had a fight with um, or uh, any kind of uh, an activating event conflict. with, with mm-hmm. conflict with that, that partner, that I would just go into a fog. That I was just lost. Yeah, which you know, we call a trigger, time. right? Trigger, a trigger into a fog. That, yes. yes, and I couldn't. I, and so I, I, and I was like, "Wow, I've done all this work. I've done all this healing, and therapy, and meditation, and mindfulness practices. What's and 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 the other thing that disturbed me, not just the state I would go into during this conflict, but the other thing, like I had this time in my teens, like the cutting." Mm-hmm. You know, the self-harm, those forms of self-harm that were disturbing to me that I just, I, you know, I would trace it. I would say fatal flaw. That was my, you know, that I was a little, um, I was unstable mm-hmm. in those states in my life. And, and that always disturbed me, like knowing that I had those behaviors and that it was never really addressed, that I'd never, feeling like I hadn't addressed mm-hmm. them. And so, um I knew that there was something there and I just didn't know how to, what it was and how to get to it until, uh, it was after I retired from my, my federal career and I was going through, uh, domestic violence, uh, training with the Seattle police department and we were learning about trauma mm-hmm. and it, it was one of those things that was out there that I was like, I should learn more about this. I, I think there's, there may be some relevance. But then I would reflect on my life, my childhood, which was, you know, to an outsider, an idyllic childhood. All of our needs were provided for. We were an active, seemingly happy family, um, you know, that I would I would say I would brush it off. You know, I, I would brush that trauma, you know, lot, lots of in, in that that uh, idea that lots of worse things happen to people. So the, you know, the trauma had, was about other people. It's like, I'm going to learn about this so I can help other people. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, and I, I years earlier I'd bought in Bessel van der Kolk's book, um, "The Body Keeps mm-hmm. the Score," and I just hadn't read it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was one of those books <laughs> I was afraid to open. Sure. Uh, but as I was learning about other people's trauma, and then, and I was going to be doing some volunteer work, I was really inspired to learn more about this trauma. And so, what that did was really started my own education about trauma and and its impacts. And, and suddenly I couldn't, I couldn't learn or know enough about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I continued on, you know, with, with some self-study and it had been mentioned to me a couple of times by some folks who also had some, uh, traumatic experience and had that, that trauma had healed much of that trauma by seeing a particular therapist whose, whose name you might be familiar with. Um, she's here with me on this oh. show. Um, <laughs> Had, had referred me to the, the work of, of Dr. Donna Bevan Lee, who, who conducted these, these workshops that, uh, were really helpful to the them. The legacy workshop. And the legacy workshop. And I had considered it, but I thought, hmm, I'm not sure that's for me. I'm not sure I need, you know, I'm doing all these other things and, 
I think I can maybe metabolize this this trauma uh, through these I other like means. I like that. Metabolize but, yeah. it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like a donut. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they don't metabolize uh, well donuts, no. <laughs> they just go clunk. Just... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I had... Uh, you know, I, it, but I was continuing to struggle in, in this relationship and I couldn't quite get my arms around why I was struggling other than there was probably some connection to this childhood trauma. And again, I was talking to other therapists and other therapists at the time and we were, it felt like we were really talking around it. Um, and, and I didn't feel like I was moving through it. And I'd had this name of this person, uh, this Dr. Donna Bevan Liu that was intriguing to me. Uh, but just like with my alcoholism, until I hit bottom, <laughs> I didn't reach out. I didn't seek that help. Uh, and it was, it was during coffee with a friend of mine when she referenced her work with you that I felt like, you know, we, we say in, in the, the 12 step program, the God shot, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, this is, this is my, it was like that phone call from a friend uh, when I got sober that my friend talking to me about the work she had done with Dr. Donna Bevan Lee and how it changed her, her, uh, her life in beyond ways that uh, her recovery from alcoholism did, that it really helped her heal herself and her family relationships. Uh, that that's what moved me to finally that in a conflict I had with my partner that was just, and, and uh, spending some time, as you uh, refer to at the scene of the crime during the holidays, <laughs> like <laughs> just being caught in all those dynamics, all of that convergence of those events prompted me to finally uh, consult with somebody, uh, consult with you, who was an expert in this field, who worked with trauma and addiction. And um, I had some hope in knowing that, that there, was, there was a place to get some help to get some real help. And so I, I remember as I started to work with you, um, being terrified of, of doing that work. And, but at the same time, recognizing that, that this was, this was essential to my, my own survival. You know, one of my, I know one of my survival strategies throughout my whole life has been, uh, dissociation, you know, that I can, I can numb out. I can, I can go away. I've had that ability to go away even without the alcohol. And I didn't want to do that anymore because it was interfering. You know, I didn't want to do it in conflict and I didn't, and I certainly didn't want to do it in, in times of joy, um, in connection. So, or dis, or any form of discomfort. And, uh, in those first, uh, interactions with you, Donna, I knew that, that there was a chance that I could, that I could resolve uh, this this childhood trauma, and that it was going to be hard work. You told me I that. did. <laughs> you I did, and I tell people that. And the other thing I tell them is that I know you're terrified. Everybody is terrified to do this work, and you know, even though it already happened to you, and you came through it, here you are sitting in my office. You know, probably employed and capable and competent, but it's still terrifying because. It feels like the terror of a child, right? And, yeah. you know, I, you, you talked about last week about how you, you discovered that you had been sexually abused as a child. 
and that you'd already talked through that and you already figured it out and you had knowledge of it and you talked around it and all around it. Um, but when you actually I started to identify your childhood trauma, was it just one thing? No. <laughs> so all this time you thought just- it was that, right? I did. I thought that was that's what planted the seed. Uh, or that was, you know, my bad, my bad mm-hmm. seed was that event. But there were a lot of things around that, uh, other forms of abuse and neglect. And then in some of that abuse perpetuated in other sure. relationships. Yeah. And, you know, when you said the neglect, it's like you you discovered when you did that work that um, the neglect was as much of a trauma as the physical sexual abuse absolutely that it magnified the experience well it. it because of the neglect it was allowed it's like when people are paying attention that's less likely to occur right when parents are available and paying attention and validating a child's feelings you're the child is more capable of going wait this isn't okay and, oh, I need to go tell my mom or dad or whatever. And you couldn't do that. You you yeah. just couldn't. There was plenty of addiction around. Right. You know, both in, in alcohol and in sex. Um, you know, that, that was part of my conditioning as a child and that I thought was wrong. Yeah, it was familiar. Not that it felt good. Not that it was like, oh, I think I'll go do this. It was something familiar. And... You know, what we've talked about and I've talked about on this show is that it's about familiarity. We are attracted to what is familiar to us. And, you know, when people get in recovery from their childhood trauma, they look back on their relationships and go, yeah, there was that and that and that and that. And you still get attracted to what you're familiar with, but hopefully... In recovery, you get attracted to somebody that has the positive aspects of your childhood. And even if it's not real positive, it doesn't, you know, you're able to manage it in a different way and it doesn't take up all your time. Right? Yeah, that's exactly Yeah. Right. So, so when you, when you discovered there was much more trauma in your childhood, um, besides the sexual, physical abuse, and I say sexual physical abuse because that's what that's different than sexual non physical because there's always that kind of uh, parentification and spousification that is also like emotional sexual abuse. So this is physical, and then you discovered there was emotional and. Uh, neglect and other people's addictions that were taking away from what you needed as a child. Can you say a little bit about what those things were? Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I think you've characterized it, I, I, but you know, I know emotions in my house went from numb to range. Mm. That was the, that was the range. Uh, and at the same time, I think one of the thing that, that, prevented me from really doing this work is, is as I look back on it, it's like we had all the trappings of a, an amazing childhood. We had a boat, we had a place on a lake, 
Um, there were five of us. I was the middle child, um, the, the oldest daughter, and we were active. We were, we were pillars. I'm putting quotation marks, mm-hmm. pillars of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there was this, this, uh, these family secrets. And I don't, you know, I don't at this age and stage, I don't, I don't blame my parents for their unskillful response, you know, for their own legacy of trauma, for what they brought into parenting. Um, but there were, there were things that I can now look back on and recognize, you know, that, um, that, that were harmful. Yes. And that you felt and that's, guilty and ashamed. I say, I, I can't really, I mean, look at us. We had, we had financial security. We had, a house on a lake, we had a boat, we had, we looked like we were just the family that everybody wants to be in, right? And so what is wrong with me <laughs> that I feel so bad? I'm, you know, it's like you were caught between feeling all this bad and sad and guilty and shame for all the things that happened to you, but also feeling guilty about feeling that way, <laughs> right? That's a little bit yeah. of a double whammy, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just was a, an obstacle to getting the help, sure. the, the help I needed, um, mm-hmm. which was, was going through that legacy workshop. And then, you know, I, by the time I saw you, I had been pretty well resourced, yeah. you know, and, and healing in forms of various forms of healing. And I needed that, that further, uh, uh, step which was really freed me of that legacy of mm-hmm. trauma which i know has some something to do with it the name you put on that workshop uh to begin with but it really i mean to this day that i'm i'm living i'm living the life of my dreams mm-hmm. yeah. you know i'm doing meaningful work i'm i'm living a life that's true to myself um and i don't get caught up in those uh, i had to re- leave a relationship as you know uh, it was a hard relationship to leave because there were there were kids involved in that, but I couldn't I um, couldn't manifest. In fact, in my very last therapy appointment um, with couples therapy, my my statement of we both we each want different things. When I said that, I knew that I was free. Mm-hmm. Wow that 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 I wasn't judging myself for for feeling that way. That I knew that 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 was true. Mm-hmm. That that my partner at the time and I wanted something different, and and it was time mm-hmm. to go. I think the three of us in the room knew that. But what had freed me was all the work I had done, you know, to address uh, this childhood trauma and everything and all the addiction that stemmed from. You know, and it, it's not like I graduated. You know that no, no graduation. <laughs> it's, nope. <laughs> <laughs> just the road travel <laughs> yeah you know and fostering that awareness mm-hmm. about it so when things do crop up or discomfort it not not going mm-hmm. away but showing up yeah you know that's one of the things that i've learned to do through, through right. this healing in particularly my intensive work with you and taking care of myself in ways like an yeah. adult woman yeah i mean <laughs> what i've talked about in in my uh podcast here is that Recovery from childhood trauma is the ability, gives you the ability to understand your adult self. It gives you ability to grow yourself up. 
and become more emotionally mature. And when you're able to be act like like you're act your age and be emotionally mature, you make better choices. You're more able to be in relationships that are less Trump traumatic. There's not a lot of drama going on because, you know, adult maturity means that I'm, you know, I can take care of myself. I can make good choices and make good adult decisions. Um, when, you know, and I think, you know, one of the things I've talked about is that this idea of carried feelings and, you know, the carried feelings were the the feelings that really trap people because they don't know they're carrying them. <laughs> right? Like the yeah, shame. Like the carried mm-hmm. shame and the carried guilt and the fer- carried anger and the carried pain. It's like if you have someone who's raging in your house and it's a parent, then the other parent is afraid. So you all also have, but if they have, you know, if their fear is based in reality, like somebody raging in the house, then they either leave that situation because that's what people do when they're afraid, right? It's like, here's a situation that I can't control that terrifies me. I think I'll get out of it. <laughs> but if that person isn't, then somebody's picking up the fear and somebody's picking up the shame and somebody's picking up the guilt. And that's what gets stuck, right? I mean, you when you say you talk all around it, it's like you talk all around it because you're really not talking about the problem. And, you know, I think it takes a very brave and courageous person to not just, well, you know, I'm facing my fear, I'm facing whatever it is, to embrace all of it as part of their experience, to understand it, and to give back what doesn't belong to you. Uh-huh. It really is a brave thing to do. just what we do to live fully well i you know i think how you did that um you know i just i marvel at the fact that you went to treatment for your addiction you you know had that addiction all your life you were what you call well resourced i have access to therapy i have access to 12-step program act you know working an active 12-step program able to do mindfulness And yet, there's something that's not right. And for a person to be able to see that and know that they have to do something about it in order to make adult decisions based on adult reality and feel better. (laughs) It's like, that, that takes a lot. I mean, I really, I have to congratulate you on that. Well, I appreciate that. And I, and as you know, I've also had a lot of help. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the people who have, like yourself, who walked me, walked along with me on this journey and guided me at times along this journey. I've been really fortunate uh, to have uh, caring, loving people at my side mm-hmm. with this, uh, with this challenging a time journey. Yeah. And, and I'm now happy as can be that we have become, you know, not, not mentor, therapist, whatever. And, 
client, patient, whatever. But now, because it's been a while, quite a while, um, we're able to be comrades on this journey. Now we're on it together, more as, you know, companions and friends. And I certainly appreciate that. I'm grateful for that. And me too. And it was the work by doing the work with you that has enabled me to do the work that I to do mm -hmm. today, which is uh, training uh, police officers how to respond to sexual assault investigations and interactions. Mm -hmm. You know that we've done that work. Had I not done the work with you and the work prior to, and that is wonderful work because now, at least in the Seattle area, when when a woman or a man. Uh, or a child is sexually assaulted, uh, they, you know, their experience with a police officer is going to be a lot different, a lot more compassionate, a lot more understanding. And I think that is wonderful. So thank you for all of us. Mm, thank you, too. It's Washington yeah. State. Uh, yeah. So I want to thank you, Jen, for being, you know, for taking time to talk to us. Um, the other thing I want to uh, help my audience remember is that AA is a resource for you. Al-Anon's a resource for you. Um, read Iron Legacy, Childhood Trauma and Adult Transformation. If you can't find a therapist that you know can help you through it rather than talk around it. And if you have any questions or concerns, uh, you can or need referrals, you can certainly email me at healingyourfamilylegacy at gmail.com. So thank you for being with us again, Jen, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.